Could the autism community be the source for your next amazing employee? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of Shift Shapers is brought to you by Major League Mindset, dedicated to helping you play bigger. Do you want to become the authority in your market? Would you like to prospect less and sell more? How can you create those long-lasting relationships with clients who don't change advisors every year? We've been there and done that, and we can help you do that too. Click on our Major League Mindset logo on the ShiftShapersOnline.com website for more details about our next Pitching from the Stage program that will help you become the advisor you know you can be. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Vicki Westra. Vicki is developing the first autism-ready community in Tampa Bay. Now, a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, you heard us chatting with Susan Ryder about how she learned that she learned differently, that her process was different, and how that's led her at her firm to look in other communities for really terrific workers and that she's found some there. Now, I was at a fl- meeting in Florida and heard Vicki speak and was just very interested in her story and what she's doing. And so we invited her on the podcast and to talk about her work and also to maybe give you all some ideas of what communities and where you might find some workers you might not otherwise think of. So with that long-winded introduction, welcome, Vicki. Well, thank you so much, David. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks. You know, as with so many others, yours started as a personal experience and that kind of has propelled you forward. Would you mind sharing some of that with the audience? No, not at all. So my husband and I, once we got married, very much like uh, many couples, we had a plan and our plan included having children. And after many years of trying to have our own child, we adopted a child and we adopted her actually at the age of two. And when we adopted, we already noticed that, you know, there were, there were some things that weren't, you know, what we expected in terms of her development. So we started at that point to take her to have the testing, you know, a lot of the different testings done. And at the age of four, a couple of years later, we got the diagnosis of autism. Now, granted, <laughs> our daughter is today, she's 23 years old, but at that time, there was very little information about autism. So, when we got the diagnosis, we had not even heard of the word. So, this really started our journey into the world of autism and really trying to understand what it was all about. Well, as you went along that continuum, and as certainly as your daughter got older, you must have started thinking about, okay, well... What are the employment opportunities? What, what, you know, as she becomes an adult, 
how can she participate in all those adulty kind of things? Did that kind of forward your thinking into where you are today? Absolutely, David. And in fact, you know, early on, it was really trying to find the resources that she needed. So it was very challenging from the from the start. And as you looked up, even at that point, as you looked up autism, everything that was related to the diagnosis was really surrounded by challenges with the diagnosis. So as a parent, of course, you start thinking about what you need at the time for your child, but then you also start thinking about, gosh, what does this future look like? You know, at the time, it was one in 1,500 children diagnosed. Of course, today, that number is one in 59. So you could see the significant drop. But that is probably the biggest fear that parents have is as their child grows up, what's going to happen to their child and what are the opportunities for them? And especially as we as parents age and are no longer here, you know, what's going to become of our children? Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I want to point out to everybody that you're as articulate as you are. And that's one of the things that attracted me to, to want to have you share your story on, on the podcast. You're not a professional spokesperson or a professional organizer. That's, that's not what you do for a living, is it? No, it's not. I was, and in fact, I was a mom and I was in the, the corporate world. My husband and I both worked. And it was at some point in that journey that I knew that (laughs) I was being called to do something to participate in creating other opportunities for autism. Because frankly, at the time, I didn't understand autism. I really didn't get my daughter. I didn't understand some of the things that she was doing. And boy, did I live in a place of what we call today the red zone, which is a place of frustration and anger and fear and just not a pleasant place to be when you don't understand something. But I think what that did was it it really called me to you know, to say, wait, <laughs> at one point, I just remember laying, <laughs> laying in my bed, f- feeling just in a place of despair and saying, there's got to be more to this than what I'm getting, because it cannot be this difficult. And I think that those emotions really propelled me to do something about it. And so I ended up leaving my corporate job and I basically started, I started a, a coffee company and I started a nonprofit for autism at the same time. And what happened is those two organizations ended up coming together to form at that time, it was in 2010 when we had this opportunity to form the first of its kind cafe that provided both training and employment for individuals with autism. And I guess part of what's challenging for folks, certainly for parents with autism, is that it's defined as a spectrum. And there's so many different varieties of, of and levels that, that this operates on. Is everybody employable or are there some folks who aren't and or just employable at different things? You know, my personal belief is that every person that wants to be employed 
has the opportunity to be employed at whatever level that is. And sometimes what makes autism so hard to understand is because it is so broad. There's so many facets of it, but frankly, it follows the same bell-shaped curve as, you know, neurotypical people, you know, what we call normal people. There are people that have a lower IQ, but most actually have an average level IQ and they have a variety of different talents and abilities. And then you have uh, those that are on the higher IQ side, which sometimes we refer to as Asperger. That definition is no longer, I guess, considered medically correct, but it's all part of the autism spectrum. But what, what that tells me is that there are individuals with all types of capabilities. Now, there have been a lot of recent stories in the news and a lot of them surround very, very well-known companies. I'll just list a few. Microsoft, SAP, Freddie Mac, Ford, Ernst & Young, Walgreens, Home Depot, AMC. So, I mean, I guess in all of that, there are a variety of different projects. But I mean, I saw something, I'm trying to remember if it was on 60 Minutes or CBS Sunday Morning, about the efforts at Microsoft and hiring these young folks and pairing them with kind of a mentor. Is that something that works well in all applications? Well, I believe that it does. And I can tell you my experience, personal experience, especially coming from the corporate world. When I started the CAFE program, I uh, started the, the program with four individuals with autism and, and they had varying capabilities, right? So they, some of the, the typical challenges that are associated, you know, I saw some of those lack of eye contact. They had processing delay times. Uh, they had social anxieties, all the things that, you know, you normally associate with autism. But what we did was we developed a training program that helped them to understand the neurotypical world, right? Because autism, people with autism, they think differently, they process information differently, they see the world differently. So part of it is helping them to understand you know, what the world, what the typical world expectations are and how it operates. And at the same time, it's also helping the world understand autism and how they operate. So we started a cafe inside the Mercedes-Benz dealership and it was just really interesting to see the interaction between the neurotypical world and the autism world. And I tell you, it worked beautifully. Once you really help people understand what it is, there's greater acceptance, there's greater understanding. And so those two worlds can really come together effectively across the board. I think with, with any work environment, as long as there's a willingness to understand the diagnosis, I think it can be successful. And now a word from our sponsor. Let's get serious. Are you tired of watching those other advisors in your market snapping up the primo relationships and wondering what their secret is? Well, time to get your bubble burst. There is no secret. What do they know that you need to know? They know how to create engagement, relationships, and authority, and now you can too. Our Pitching from the Stage course has already helped advisors learn how to hone their messaging in a way that resonates with the clients they want. And we can help you do that, too. Keith took the class and said, Thanks and kudos to David and Andy. They've been enormously helpful in steering me in the right direction and providing tips, guidelines, and ideas for public speaking. 
Carol said, I wanted to get myself more at ease with doing presentations, and this course was a great way to build my confidence. This is definitely a course you want to take. Well, now you can join Keith, Carol, and all the others who've gained the confidence, competence, and course of action they need to become the authority who can pitch to many prospects all at the same time. Our next four-week class begins on September 18th, and there's still room for a few more attendees. For more information, or to sign up, just click the Major League Mindset logo at shiftshapersonline.com. And now, back to our conversation. Well, you know, it, yeah, I guess it all starts with awareness, as you point out, and I think that's a that's a great entry point. But there are, you know, all our listeners are largely benefits advisors and firms that do benefits advising, so they're in the broad insurance world. And I mean, are there implications for employer communication as well? That is to say, you're working on helping the young people with autism understand the neurotypical world. Is there also training for employ available for employers who want to bring some of these folks into their practices and, and help them be productive there? Yes, there absolutely is. And that really is what Autism Shifts does. We're, we're an educator. We're an autism educator. We're educating these young adults, these adults to, you know, to gain the skills, to gain the knowledge that they need to enter into the workforce. And at the same time, we're also educating employers about the benefits of hiring people with autism because, you know, sometimes we think, well, you know, we're, we're helping these young people, you know, we're doing them a favor. We're really, this population actually brings amazing benefits to the business community. And again, I saw the difference being in the business world and now working with a group of individuals with autism. What they bring is, of course, a lot of focus. They're very focused, which Focus really translates to productivity. They think differently, which means they could bring new perspectives to businesses. They're loyal. So just in terms of a cafe program, the typical turnover for like a Starbucks or you know, some of the, the mainstream cafes are typically about a year, a year to two years. You know, we had the same employees for seven years. What that does is it translates to benefits to your bottom line because these are loyal individuals. They actually like repetitive work, which in many cases, employers are having a difficult time filling those types of roles or even maintaining employment. So, and on top of that, there's there's tax benefits of hiring this population. So really businesses, it's such value to them to take time on the front end to understand the diagnosis so that then they can really integrate these individuals into their workforce. So if I'm an employer and I'm thinking, you know, I, I kind of like to do this, but gee, I, you know, it's going to be a hassle and I'm going to have to make all these accommodations and whatnot. That's just not the case, is it? It really isn't. You know, the things that you need to know are really really more characteristics of people with autism and what is it that you can do to really understand them so that you don't misinterpret <laughs> what they're doing. And let me give you a typical example. Individuals with autism, oftentimes, you know, they have problems with eye contact, right? Because for them, it could be very distracting to be trying to listen to someone. They're highly sensory. So I'm trying to listen to someone at the same time as I'm visually trying to interpret your 
you know, your facial expressions. And so it might overload me. So it's better for me just to listen to what you're saying. And they're very intent listeners. Well, how is that interpreted in the the business world if you're not looking at someone, especially in an er- interview process, right? If we're not giving eye contact, that's misinterpreted. It's interpreted as, hey, they're not paying attention or they're not respecting me. And that's not the case with this population at all. So I think that as long as people understand some of the characteristics and make those things okay, you know, make it okay to communicate a little differently than what we may be used to. So kind of broadening up our definition of of typical, it really brings so much comfort to these individuals that over time, what we found that within our program is that these individuals gain that ability to do that anyway over time, but it doesn't become a big deal and it doesn't keep them from, you know, living their life on purpose. Is it extremely useful, as in the Microsoft example, I don't, and I think SAP as well, to have somebody who kind of buddies up with them, at least initially? Mentors are great because having an advocate for both, for both parties, right? So for the business world, it makes sense because it helps that individual understand some things that may come up, you know? So if with a mentor, somebody that can explain it to them, Again, it, it really helps the individual. And at the same time, you know, if uh, the individual with autism is having some challenges or maybe not interpreting things the right way, then that mentor can also help them. So it's really can be such a guide to make that transition, you know, easier for that for both parties. Now, you're doing a great job of getting the word out, but you're fairly localized. You're in the Tampa Bay area in Florida. Is there a nationwide presence where if our listeners wanted to learn more about this or or perhaps reach out and consider hiring some of these folks, is, is there a way that they can reach out to, to other organizations or would you act as a clearing home? And how would that work? Yeah, well, you know, the great thing now is is with everything going online, it's so much easier to disseminate information. And for us, this year, we're really launching a program called Shifter Shape Futures. And so to become a shifter, you become part of this movement of really seeing autism in a different way. And, you know, we see autism as different, but not less. <laughs> you know, people with autism want the same, same ability to be able to, to have the right to live their life on purpose. So we see this as a, as a movement. And again, with our ability to put all of our training online, we can really reach businesses and any community. And so that is what we're in the process of doing is helping to raise awareness. Now, obviously, there's a lot of local companies. And as a whole, we think that uniting as a community, which means organizations uniting, businesses uniting, families of, you know, individuals with autism uniting, that we're going to have a greater impact working together than working in isolation. So Shifter Shape Futures is on the Shift Shapers podcast. I can't even hardly say that. I know. Try say that three times. (laughs) I'll settle settle for once. (laughs) 
I know. Yes, we. I was pleased when I saw yours. I said, "Wow, that's like a, a play on words for ours." But yes, shifter shape futures. I like that, and, and really, that's what it is. Is you know, to become a shifter means that you know, for us, it, there's four quadrants. First of all, our our students that become then job candidates that are kind of ready to be employed. Our business partners, which you know, a lot of businesses today are really focused on diversity and neurodiversity is a newer word, but it's it, neurodiverse just means these are people that think differently, that are different, and we're still embracing them. So we're looking for partners that really are on the leading edge of all of this because they, they recognize that building progressive you know, cultures can really help them improve their bottom line. Our families, again, these are families that are living with autism. And as I shared with you, when we started off, we were not in a good feeling place. We were not in what we call the green zone where we're hopeful and optimistic about the future. But really through education and understanding, families can live in an empowered and joyful place as well. And so part of it is how do we become the change that we want to see in the world, right? We have to feel good about autism. Our students have to feel good about autism. Our families do before we can really get out there and say, hey, we have the same rights as everyone else to live our life on purpose. Right. So I think to coming together, we can create these inclusive environment that really accommodates and appreciates autism. We've got about a minute left or so. Where do you see the future? How do you see the trajectory of what you and other like minded organizations are doing? Well, again, I, I think the key is education. So I think part of it is really going out there and educating ourselves on what is autism, educating our communities, educating our businesses, if we're going to make any headway in this. Because as, as much as things are opening, you know, and, and things are moving forward, we really feel like with this is a good time right now in the time that we're at with autism being in the spotlight to really get this amped up and really make some greater changes. Right now, there's a 90% unemployment rate. For those of us living in the autism community, that's not an acceptable employment rate. And so, you know, we can change this. And I think the more of us that come together believing that this new world for autism can happen, the more we can be part of creating it. Well, I, I like what you said earlier, and maybe a great place to leave our conversation is different, but not less. Different, but not less. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the Shift Shapers podcast today. We will make sure that the link to autismshifts.org is on the show notes on the shiftshapersonline.com website. Vicki, thanks for sharing your expertise and for maybe shedding some light on an opportunity for some of our listeners to pick up some key employees. Well, thank you so much, David. I appreciate you being a shifter <laughs> with us <laughs> in a couple of different ways, but uh, we really appreciate you being part of helping us to get this word out. Thanks so much. Thank you. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shapers Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.